So, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. I am your host, Evan Witalison. I want to thank you all for listening to this show. Um, lots to discuss here tonight. Um, before we do go into that, I do want to first wish everyone a happy, Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Um, for those that are listening, it's right around the Christmas uh, time when I'm recording this. So, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, also, the, the intro music you heard coming into the show is courtesy of Chris Downing's Over the Edge uh, workout program. Uh, it has a great soundtrack. It's a great workout program. So if you're interested in learning more about either, um, the the, work, the soundtrack is on iTunes. Just search for Chris Downing. And if you're interested in uh, the Over the Edge workout program, which is the program I'm doing right now, just shoot me an email, coachevan66 at gmail.com. And I can help you out and get the information that you need for it. So, with that said, a few things to discuss here today. The first one I want to talk about, I know every talk radio station and podcast and TV show, and you probably name it around, is doing this. But it's Festivus. Uh, Seinfeld holiday, where you basically get to state your grievances. And I, I just have one that I do kind of want to talk about. And... It always rears its ugly head when the Packers don't win by as much as people think they should win by. The The Panthers on Sunday made the game a little closer than it had to. Um, and a lot of people get super negative. And then we start arguing about um, who's a real fan, who's not a real fan, uh, what's a fan, what's not a fan. You know, I saw a Facebook argument about how you... Uh, how you um um <clears throat> you should never wear jerseys by any other team uh any other team um or otherwise you're a bandwagon fan um things like that and uh <sighs> it, it's just that's my that's my my grievance for today that 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 is my grievance I hate when people argue about what is a fan and what isn't a fan. This person's a real fan. This person's not. A real fan will never criticize their team. A real fan can look at their team uh, objective, you know, not, they can look at a team not, you know, with object, you know, with uh, objection and, you know, not look at it with their, their team colored glasses on. Um, This is, you know, a real fan will never boo their, their team or criticize a player or anything. I say all that's hogwash. Because here's my thing. Fan how you're going to fan. Just, you know, you're not a better fan than anybody else because you cheer for the team differently. Be a fan the way you want to be a fan. One thing I will never do is I will never criticize fans and how people fan. Now, the one exception to that is the Mr. Mr. or Mrs. overly negative person. No matter what happens, all you do is point to the negative. So you could point to negative stuff and say, well, you know, this went wrong, that went wrong, and they need to clean this up, and they need to clean that up. But Kevin King's the worst football player ever. Rashawn Gary's a bust five minutes after being drafted. Um, it, it just gets frustrating. Yeah, Kevin King didn't have the strongest game on Sunday, but he's far from the worst player. He's just, he, they, he's a, he, he helps the defense go, and they need him on Sunday. Going up against um, going up against this Titans uh, passing game with uh, Corey Davis and AJ Brown, 
Um, they need them. So that's kind of my that my my uh, my 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 grievance. People that complain about how other people fan, unless you're being hurtful or harmful towards others or yourself, or you're being Mister or Mrs. Overly Negative. Fan how you want to fan and don't worry about how other people be a fan. And that I've talked about this before on an old podcast I've done years ago. I've talked about it on uh, earlier editions of this show. I'm just fed up with all the, you know, you're not a real fan if stuff. So that is my, my big grievance. And my other grievance is to the NBA. The NBA does their investigation into the Bucks for, quote, tampering. And... They find, they find little to no evidence that tampering was, was done, but yet they still penalize the box. That, to me, makes literally no sense. It, it makes no sense. Like, how are you going to punish a team when you say, we don't have any evidence that tampering was done? So, that, that, and, yeah, that, that's my thought there. So moving on, the uh, NBA season is, has kicked off. The Bucks kick off a little later than uh, a little, probably about a, about a half hour from the recording of this episode. Um, Bucks are disappointing finish to the season after uh, um, leading the NBA for most of you know like number one seed the entire season. Then they got to the bubble and completely fell on their face. But the Bucks are a new look team. They, they got rid of George Hill and Eric Bledsoe to the Pelicans and got Drew Holiday. Um, they drafted Jordan Nawa and Sam Murrow. They signed DJ Augustine, who's not playing today um, due to an injury. They signed him. They re-signed Pat Congleton. They signed uh, Byron Forbes, Tory Craig, Bobby Portis. And they re-signed Giannis Antetokounmpo to the Supermax deal. That is how they spent their offseason. They didn't bring back Robin Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Sterling Brown, Kyle Korver, or Marvin Williams, and they let Ersan Ilyasova go. So, the Bucks' new starting five is likely going to be Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and probably at the start off with Dante DiVincenzo. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do tonight bench-wise. I know Bobby Portis had a good, uh, he had a really good preseason. Um, he would probably get a lot of minutes off the bench. Forbes would probably get some minutes off the bench. And Torrey Craig will get minutes off the bench. The question is, without DJ Augustine tonight, who's going to get that those bench minutes uh, that DJ Augustine would get? It's going to be Nora or Murrow. Who's it going to be? Um, but, you know, the Bucks may not get the one seed this season. But it's not going to be the end of the world. And that and that's where I want to caution Bucks fans listening to this. Don't overreact to the losses. Don't overreact to the wins. The Bucks are going to win some games. The Bucks are going to lose some games. It's part of basketball. It's part of the NBA. You're not going to win, well, this year, 72 games. Um, you're not going to go 72-0. You will lose some games you should uh, win. And you'll win some games you should lose. But the thing is, I don't care how the Bucks play right now. Yes, I want them to win every game. Yes, I'm not. Um, yes, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying that if you know I 
don't want them to have that one seed or at least a two seed. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is if they lose a few, a few extra games, if their winning percentage at the end of the season isn't as good as their winning percentage last year, I'm not going to be mad. As long as they're a top three seed, preferably one, I think it's going to make the Bucks better overall as they figure out exactly what team they're going to be and uh, you know what, what type of team they're going to be and what kind of rotation they're going to have and what kind of bench they're going to have and how many minutes the bench is going to get. Bud's, Bud's probably on a very short le- leash with management, so he would be in his best interest to start out red hot. But I want to see them finish strong. They didn't finish strong last year going into the bubble. And part of that, Giannis got hurt going in, uh, going into the stoppage. But they didn't play that great in the bubble. And they got sent home by Miami. But I think the Bucks, uh should be one of the top teams in the East. I think the, the Brooklyn Nets are probably their biggest challenger out of the East. Um, Kyrie, another year there. Um, Kevin Durant, finally healthy. Um, kind of curious on what kind of coach Steve Nash is going to be. But the team has some talent. And with Irving and uh, Durant, it should be a hell of a midseason for Brooklyn. Um, I don't see Philadelphia right now as a major contender. I know they got Doc Rivers now. But... Every past couple years, you thought that they were going to be one of the top teams in the East, and I think they were the sixth seed last year. Um, and the year before that, they, they had a lot of team chemistry issues. We'll see if that changes with new coach. I don't know. Boston, I don't think, has, has enough. I think they're going to play hard every single game. Um, but I don't think Boston has enough to compete for the East. Um. So there's no reason why the Bucks shouldn't finish top three. Miami's, of course, going to be there um, unless, uh, you know, some of the guys that carried them last year fall off a cliff. Um, Toronto is going to be a tough team because they've been tough since uh, Nick Nurse got there. Indiana is going to probably be a tough team. And that probably rounds up the top teams in the East. And then Atlanta could make the playoffs. Um, Detroit could make the playoffs. If they're healthy, um, Orlando, I probably not. And Chicago's still too young in a rebuild. So, really, I think the only two teams that are legitimately going to be challenging the Bucks for the top seed in the East would be Brooklyn and uh, Philly. But I'm not sold on Philly yet. They have they they've had high expectations in the past, and they've fallen on their face. Joel Embiid has not been able to stay healthy. Ben Simmons still can't shoot a basketball. Or at least shoot a three-pointer if his life depended on it, it seems like. Um, So I'm not completely sold on them. So in the West, the Lakers and Clippers are obviously the top two teams. Um, Dallas and Denver should be really good again this year. And then it's kind of everybody else. Phoenix should take a jump up, a step up this season. Utah might, Portland might. A full season of being healthy. Golden State with Seth Curry back. But now you don't have Klay Thompson. Who knows what's going to happen there. And if Houston ever figures it out, if Houston ever, if Harden doesn't just end up leaving and Houston ever figures it out, then, uh, then you uh, potentially could have Houston pushing for the playoffs. But I think the West only has two legit NBA final contenders, and that's uh, the two LA teams. 
for the East, you could have the, the Nets, the Bucks, or the, the 76ers if they can put it together. My prediction is we're going to see Lakers-Bucks in the finals. I'm not sure which direction I'm leaning fully yet, but the Bucks fan in me is going to, wants to say the Bucks are going to win. Um, other things is I don't think Giannis wins MVP this year. I think with the big stink LeBron James and certain members of the national media played after Giannis won, talking about they're looking for the narrative and not actually watching what happens on the court. Plus with MV, you know, voter, voter fatigue, I Giannis might finish top three, but he ain't winning it. Unfortunately, I think Giannis won the, won the last MVP award he's going to win in his career um, last year. But if the Bucks win the NBA Finals, Giannis is going to get the NBA, I mean, the MVP that matters, the NBA Finals MVP. But I think the Bucks beat the Lakers in seven in the Finals. Um, I think Bud makes it this whole season. I think he puts some of the doubters to bed. I think he finally shows he can adapt. And the most improved player is going to be Dante DiVincenzo. And I think Bobby Portis is going to be uh, a big sleeper on this team. I think he's going to be a, a huge weapon off the bench. So, moving on. We do have Packers to talk about. The Packers beat the Carolina Panthers on uh, on Saturday, 24-16, to which oddly enough was the exact same score of the game last season against, against uh, Carolina. And it was kind of a tale of two halves. In the first half, Packers had score, scored 21 points, um, ran 27 plays, gained 203 yards, and in the second half, they gained uh, they had 21 yards of total offense in the third quarter. Um, they they can't do this Jekyll and Hyde against uh, against uh, Tennessee. Tennessee will be one be, would be a team that could would, could come all the way back. Um, defensively, some things that stood out for me for Green Bay: uh, Chris Barnes, uh, six tackles, forced fumble, um, th- uh, five of his. Ta- uh, yeah, five of his cap tackles came within three yards of the line of scrimmage. Adrian Amos had a huge game. Uh, Savage played pretty well. Martin is up and down, but I think he's getting better every day. I think the Packers have a middle linebacking core with Barnes and Martin that can be Chris uh, be quite dangerous in the future. Um, some negatives on the game, or well, the pass rush was a positive too. Um, negatives of the game, uh, the offensive line didn't play really well especially uh, Lucas Patrick. He kind of got pushed around a little bit. Um, that can't happen against Tennessee. Uh, Kevin King didn't play really well, unfortunately. I like Kevin King. I think Kevin King gets uh, most of the grief he gets has nothing to do with what he does on the football field. It has what has to do with who is drafted um, after Kevin King. The Packers could have took Wisconsin native T.J. Watt, they didn't. They took the position they needed more help at, which was corner. King tested through the roof, athletic freak. And he's unfortunately not been able to stay healthy since coming to the NFL. But for the most part, when he's on the field, he plays pretty well. He just had a bad game against uh, Carolina. And guess what? Guys have bad games. But I trust Kevin King enough that he's going to bounce back and have a strong game against Tennessee. He's a competitor. He's probably watched that film and was like, what the heck am I doing, dude? And it wasn't so much a bad game. He just had some bad moments. Like one of the catches that I want to say was DJ Moore had, you couldn't ask him to cover any better than that. He covered it perfectly. 
Moore just came up and made a hell of a play and survived a big hit by Amos um, and still came up with it. But some other positives, and I'm, I save these for last because I think it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, what's going to make the difference on Sunday. Kenny Clark has played wonderful the last few games. Kiki Kingsley is really stepping up. Dean Lowry is stepping up. And those three guys, along with Tyler Lancaster, is going to be super important on Sunday. So it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a bad game. The Packers got the win. And I say this all the time. Matt LaFleur said it. Mark Tauscher on Pack Attack said it. A win is a win, and you never apologize for a win. Because would you rather be the Rams who lost to the Jets, the Steelers who lost to the Bengals, or would you rather be a team that won ugly? I'd rather win ugly. That's just my two cents. And the thing is, when you do win ugly, it gives you things to improve on for the following week. If you lose, well, now you have a loss on you, you know, you don't you don't you don't win any less by winning ugly. Just like you don't win any more by blowing the team out fifty five to nothing. The win's the same no matter how many points you win by. It just makes us the fans feel better when our team wins by three or four touchdowns and everything gets made perfect. We as fans feel better when that happens. But in the grand scheme of things, a win is a win. And I, I hate, I, and it was driving me nuts the whole conversation after that. And even Roger said it. If we play like this against uh, another team, if we play like this in the playoffs, if we play like this against Tennessee or Kansas City or Buffalo or the Rams, we're not going to win. Well, newsflash here. You didn't play any of those teams. You played the Carolina Panthers and you beat the Carolina Panthers. The NFL is such a week-to-week league. Why do you think the Jets beat the Rams? Why do you think the Bengals beat the the Steelers? The NFL is such a week-to-week league that any given week, a team can come up and nip nip you in the bud and knock you off your pedestal a little bit. That's why the Packers need to play every game like it's the most important game of the world because... If they don't take a team serious, as we saw Jacksonville hang around a lot longer than they needed to, um, you can end up having a tighter game than you should. Or you could end up getting snuck up on and lose, a la Minnesota Vikings from a few weeks back. The Indianapolis Colts, they, they fell asleep in the second half. You have to be up and ready to go for all of these games. And I'm, not, I'm cautious, I'm concerned a little bit about the lack of scoring in the third quarter. Um, the lack of energy coming out of that locker room at halftime, the lack of countering the adjustments that the other team made at halftime, but I'm not going to overreact to it. Let's see what happens in Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee, Packers play the Titans, which most Packer fans, myself included, we're very nervous right now. The Tennessee Titans at running back have a running back by the name of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has ran for, I think, it's 1,600 yards, and he has an outside shot of breaking uh, 2,000 yards in these last two games if he, if he uh, has a strong game against Green Bay, which isn't out of the question. Um, he's got a chance to break 2,000 yards. Derrick Henry 
is a very dangerous back. He's got just under, he's got 1,679 yards and 15 touchdowns, averaging 119 yards per game. Yes, that's scary. But they're not just a, a team with a scary running back. They also have uh, Corey Davis, who has 60 catches for 945 yards. Now that he's finally healthy, averaging 15.8 yards a pop. And A.J. Brown, sorry, my screen's jumping on me. A.J. Brown has 56 catches for 881 yards and 10 touchdowns, and he's really been coming on strong these past few games. So Tennessee is going to be a tough matchup. They are a play-action-dominated team in the passing game because they get you firing and up to stop Henry. And then they throw over the top to you to an A.J. Brown or a a uh, Corey Davis or a Jonas Smith. Um, no Adam Humphreys in this game. So that helps the Packers a little bit. Tennessee has a really good offense. They, got, uh, they are number one for points scored. And they got, you know, they're a really good uh, team in situational football. Hey, but guess what? Packers have a good offense, too. Packers have the number two scoring offense in all of football. They have the top, one of the top red zone offenses. They have one of the top um, third down percentage offenses. And they have one of the top offensive lines in all the NFL. I know a lot of fans are freaking out about this, and I don't blame you. It's going to be tough to beat the Titans, but there's some ways that they can do that. So, big thing is... When the Titans are running the ball, you gotta play your gaps. You gotta play your gaps, and you gotta funnel uh, Henry to stay inside. Because if you keep him staying inside, then you have your Kenny Clark, your Dean Lowry, your your Kiki Kingsley, your Chris Barnes, your Kamal Martin, uh, your Christian. Kerr, uh, you have those guys in the middle trying to make the tackles. If he's able to get off on the edge. Because Preston Smith, the Darius Smith, Rashawn Gary, um, whoever else is playing out there doesn't do their job. If he's able to get to the outside, now you're asking your Kevin Kings, your Alexanders, your Amos, your your Sullivan to try to bring down Derrick Henry. So the big thing is you can't let him cut back. You can't let him cut to the outside. He's a patient back. He's going to wait until the last minute to uh, pick that hole, and he's a load to bring down. But thing is, if you control your, if you control the edge, not give him a spot to cut back at. Don't overreact to, uh, you know, if he starts out one way, um, misdirection stuff. You know, try, try to watch out for that. But Derrick Henry can be stopped. The Cleveland Browns uh, slowed him down quite a bit. And if, and the big thing is, Kenny Clark. He's played the last couple of weeks like the highest paid nose tackle in all of football. He needs to do it this week. Kenny Clark needs to come to play. Kenny Clark needs to come ready to punch people in the mouth and dominate that line of scrimmage. Because as he dominates, it opens other people up. So, Packers offensively, Rodgers needs to go back to getting the ball out on time. Packers need to do a better job of establishing and staying with the run. The Titans' defense is not very good. They don't have a great, uh, a great pass rush. And the Packers need to exploit that. And they got to go back to the offense where they're moving the pocket around. They have a lot of pre-snap movement. 
um, get Tavon Austin involved a little bit more on some of that jet sweep action. And somebody other than Devontae Adams needs to step up. MVS had, I think, one target and no catches last week. Um, EQ was nowhere to be found. Uh, uh, running routes. Um, really, uh, Lazard struggled from time to time. Somebody else needs to step up and take uh, take some uh, take some of those catches that they're going to focus on stopping Devontae. Somebody else needs to step up. Either it be MVS, EQ, Lazard, Robert Tunyon. Somebody needs to step up. And you got to get Aaron Jones touches. Get him touches in the open field, running the ball. And especially if Jamal Williams can't go because of his, uh, his quad injury, let's get A.J. Dillon involved. It's going to be a cold one in Green Bay. It's going to be freezing on Sunday night. Let's get A.J. Dillon, your 250-pound running back who had an 18-yard run. Yes, the hole was ginormous, but once he got through the hole, he ran through arm tackles like they weren't even there, and he had a nice 18-yard run. He didn't carry the ball after that. Let's get A.J. Dillon unleashed a little bit, if especially if Jamal Williams can't play. Packers need to control the ball and score. Control the ball and score. That's what they need to do. If they could jump out to an early lead on Tennessee, eliminate the, the threat of running the football away from Tennessee, it's going to go big time in your favor. So, But the safeties of the Packers have been playing well. Uh, the Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary have been playing extremely well. Kenny Clark's been sp- playing extremely well. It's it's time. As the late Kevin Green, may he rest in peace, died earlier this week, would say to the defense, it is time. You want to be recognized as one of the top teams in the NFL? It's put up or shut up time. And here's my bold prediction. People are going to think I'm crazy here. People are going to think I'm stupid. I'm stu- I'm nuts here, but but here's my bold prediction. The Packers hold Derrick Henry to under 100 yards rushing. I think he had 160 by halftime and 170 by halftime last week. The Packers hold him under 100 yards. Why? Two reasons. One, Aaron Rodgers is his magnificent magnificent self, which is going to force Tennessee to have to put the ball in the air to try to keep up. And when the Titans do run the ball, I think Kenny Clark is going to have a huge game. And if he has a huge game, he opens other guys up. And with the uh, the play of Chris Barnes lately, I, I think I think they I think they slow him down. I think they shut him down. It's not going to be Barry Sanders where they held him the negative yards rushing. That's never going to happen again, I don't think. But they're going to hold him under a hundred yards. Packers do win, I think. I think the Packers win by 17. Um, I think they do just enough on defense with the pass rush that they can get and slowing Henry down, forcing the Titans in third and long situations, and the offense is going to be rolling. So I think the Packers win by 17. So before I go, the final thing, kind of going to be another, um, I guess, Festivus uh, grievance here to say. So I've been seeing... I've been seeing that the WWE for Raw are going to have the legends there. Guys like Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Ric Flair and those guys. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I see a lot of people complain. 
Here's the problem. They, WWE has done a poor job developing talent. Um, us as fans have done a poor job of enjoying the talent. And they... They got to the point that they have to bring these legends in to boost ratings, but guess what? When they bring the legends in, we all watch because we want to see these guys we grew up watching, and then after the fact, we complain about it because they keep bringing these legends in. Easy way to get them to stop bringing the legends in when the legends are on there? Don't watch it. Seriously. If you don't want to watch 60 and 70-year-old... Men in the in middle of the WWE ring, don't watch it. For tell them by not watching it that we don't want to see this anymore. We want to see Drew McIntyre. We want to see KO. That's the only way you're going to send messages to to Vinnie Mac if you truly don't want to see Hulk Hogan in that ring, calling everybody brother. Then don't watch when they have them on. That's my my thing. And I'm tired of them having, you know, the legends come back all the time. I'm tired of it. It's annoying. When I watch it, I want to see Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. I want to see Drew McIntyre, The Fiend. I don't want to see, you know, these guys that can barely walk uh, or need canes running around that ring. So... With that said, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. Hope you have a great Christmas. Um, follow me on Twitter at Evan with Sports. Once again, the intro music to this show is from the Over the Edge soundtrack for the the workout Over the Edge. Chris Downing, check it out on iTunes. It's got some nice jams on it. Um, check out the workout too. Email me, Coach Evan six six at gmail And if you're in the Racine, uh, Kenosha, Milwaukee area, and you need a gym to go to. Flex Gym of Racine on Rapids Drive is open, and they got some great deals uh, right now. Find them on Facebook, Flex Fitness of uh, Center of Racine. Find them on Facebook, and you can find out what those deals are. So with that said, I will get back at you next week, hopefully talking about another Packer victory.